0: Somewhere over in Dallas, Cowboys play, and they pay their QBs too much to come play for us. He dreamt of, oh, it really did come true Oh, someday I wish that Jerry Jones realizes he made a big mistake Hey, cause Dak's not what he thinks At best average, but really stings, that's what I think of him, oh, over in Dallas, Cowboys play.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, you like Dak? I am the Average Joe Boo of Average Joe's Media. And uh, today's coming after a blowout, hallelujah, win by the Cowboys. Over the Atlanta Falcons, forty-three to three. I don't even know if they got any points there in garbage time. I wasn't uh, wasn't paying much attention to the last four or five minutes of the game. Uh, it was the exact opposite game as we saw against Denver. Now we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of time. We're gonna give credit where credit is due. We're gonna make sure that everything gets recognized for what it is. Last week. Uh, Last episode, we tried to talk objectively, looking at season six, up to season six stats. Uh, What should we have expected from Dak Prescott up to now? Um, And then, you know what, maybe even including this season, we should have expected it, uh, or should expect it now. But um, in my opinion, we just haven't gotten that close to what we should have gotten for an elite quarterback, for what Jerry Jones paid for. So uh, today comes uh, on a very a very much needed bounce back from a game that everybody's calling an anomaly. Everybody's calling something that, you know, the Cowboys just don't do. Well, in the past 25 years, yes, they do it. They do it regularly. They they put up hopes. For everybody, for all their fans, they give us something to hope for, and then boom, all of a sudden, they give us garbage. And so it's been like this for the past 25 years. So I don't know how people are calling this an anomaly. It's kind of, in my opinion, par for the course, where we do something, we do something, good, 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 then garbage, good, good, garbage, good, good, garbage, good, garbage, good, garbage. It's just back and forth, good, garbage. It's nothing consistent. It's hardly ever anything that we can fully set our season-long hopes for. And in my opinion, that's what happened last week. This week... Uh, this week, we had 43-3 to over the Atlanta Falcons, and the Atlanta Falcons, again, if you're looking objectively about the team that we're playing, uh, they're 4-4 four four coming into today. Uh, I believe their bye week was uh, just a couple weeks ago, and uh, they came off a big win with New Orleans where they had a 17-point lead. They blew that lead in the fourth quarter and then ended up having a game-winning drive. Uh, so if that tells you something, they, they struggled to play against a New Orleans offense that is just not very good uh it's, it's decimated let's say um you have drew Brees no longer quarterback you have uh James winston who was their uh their proclaimed starter started for the year now he's out for uh the entire season before they played atlanta trevor simeon i think that's his name and uh and Taysom hill the uh tight end slash quarterback slash special teams player slash whatever he needs to be uh he's in there at quarterback as well and so you have a an Atlanta Falcons offense who put up some points and then just kind of stopped, and then a defense who who limited the New Orleans Saints and then just kind of allowed them to get back into the game in the fourth quarter, and then ultimately an offense that was powerful enough to overcome that uh, that defense that had stopped them for a little while, and uh, and ultimately you have a decent. Team in Atlanta, they're not good, not great. Four and four, like I said. But again, Dallas is playing another team who, through Week Ten or Week Nine, whatever week this—I forget which week this is—whatever uh, week this is, they only have four wins coming into the season, uh, into the into the game, and so they're not playing a great team. They're not playing a team that's prolific. They're not playing a team that you expect them to just uh, potentially wipe the floor with anybody that plays them. So, uh, however, you have an exact opposite. Result. Everybody in Atlanta, all the talk show hosts in Atlanta right now are saying uh, everything that they said about Dallas here in Dallas last week. They're saying that our defense just played crazy good, limited them. Uh, the fourth and seven that they stopped at the defense stop, got that turnover on downs, was absolutely huge. And that's actually where you can kind of see the momentum shift. Uh, the time of possession was like uh, 65%. Uh, of the of the time that was played of the game clock, time management, whatever was in favor of the Cowboys. Uh, you have a bunch of punts, you have threes and outs, you have three interceptions in the second half. Um, you have uh, you have the block punt there at the end by the Dallas special teams block punt that is in the end zone, therefore, touchdown for the Cowboys. Uh, you had rushing plays that were, uh, that were very effective, and it, it wasn't, didn't mean that they were effective because we were getting 20 yards a pop, but we were getting three to five yards a pop. And anytime you can do that, you're probably going to be successful, especially controlling the clock. And that's something that we didn't do last year or last week. The, uh, the thing about this week that I find extremely peculiar is that we're playing another four and four team or, or middle of the road team, and we're also playing, uh, We're also playing somebody that, you know, hasn't had huge wins. Just like the Broncos really haven't had huge wins. Atlanta hasn't had huge wins. It's like they've probably beaten who they should have beaten this year and lost to who should have beaten them this year. And so if you're looking at record comparison now versus all their opponents. And so uh, the other thing that you have to look at is that in uh, in, in this game, Dallas – controlled Atlanta defensively. This was this was one of the best team wins I've seen in Dallas in a while where the defense was just was just all over the place. Uh, we had a few sacks, we had turnover on downs, we had tackles for loss. We had actual tackles that stopped them from gaining big yardage on some plays that they could have had. There was a couple decent 10- to 15-yard plays that the Atlanta Falcons had, but there wasn't that many, and pretty much they came uh, up until that fourth and seven. There may have been one or two afterward, but, I mean, you could see at halftime they sat their their starters, or sat several of their starters who'd been playing all season, who didn't have any kind of an injury, but maybe, you know what, let's just don't risk it. Uh, you saw Corderell Patterson, who started from the beginning, who has been a beast all year. He didn't go in in the second half at all. If if at all, he went in for just a couple plays. But you had a Dallas defense that took care of the Atlanta Falcons offense, said you cannot come in here and do to us what Denver did to us. Uh and then you have a Dallas offense that started doing what they're good at. And this is where the slightly subjective, when I say slightly subjective, I mean majorly subjective stuff, is going to come in about my opinion about Dak Prescott and how he ran that offense. Uh, last week, uh, we had hardly any screen passes. We had hardly any check plays. We had hardly any of that stuff where where Dak Prescott could have come to the line, changed the play, boom, beat the rush, thrown a quick little drop pass, a uh, little dump pass. Or whatever. Uh, let's look at Dak's stats for today. We had, uh, it was 24 for 31. That's about a 77 to 78 completion percentage. Pretty solid, pretty solid. Uh, we had 296 yards credited to Dallas, uh, Dak Prescott. That's according to the CBS uh, Fantasy Football app. Uh, it could have been somewhere around 300. It looked like 302 on the, on the TV screen, but you know how they adjust for plays whenever there's a half a yard or less or whatever. I don't know how they do that, but Needless to say, somewhere around 300 yards passing, uh, and then so here's where here's where I struggle to see that Dak is a good quarterback. Okay, uh, that he is an elite quarterback. I think he's a good player. I think he is a good player. I I do not think he's elite, and I do not think he's he should be. He's worth what we paid him for. Uh, it, Greg Olson, one of the commentators of tonight's game, he said uh, when when quarterbacks are struggling coaches go to plays to get him comfortable and those plays are screen passes and, and short plays. And that in my opinion is all that he is proficient at. That is the thing that makes him as good as what everybody says he is is because he regularly throws screen passes, a large portion of his completed passes are screens and a large part of his yardage that he gets is yards after the catch. Uh, if you look at yards after the catch, I'm sure there is a place to find this stat. But as I'm as I'm watching the game, I'm estimating yards after the catch. I'm estimating where they where they made the catch and where they ended up on the field. He had approximately 115 yards after the catch. All that yardage that's credited to both the receiver and the quarterback because it's basically a run as soon as he catches the ball. The quarter he threw for approximately 180 yards. And, uh, which is pretty good, which is pretty good. But on 31 passes, uh, we're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of uh, six yards per catch, which is about right. Uh, 30 uh, 30 passes, 300 yards. Hold on. Eight, 180 yards divided by 30 passes, six yards catch. Uh, so that's six yards per attempt if you look at his yards for the throws that he's making. He is not making accurate throws down the field um he had 24 completed passes 13 of those 13 of those 24 were screen passes that's 54 percent of his throws over half of his throws were screen passes or dump passes passes that were like right at the line of scrimmage or right past the line of scrimmage and i'm talking about less than four yards for his completion um If they don't get the yards after catch, if they're tackled right then, which is what we didn't do last week, we did not tackle. Today, Atlanta did not tackle. And because they didn't tackle, we got those yards after the catch. If we would have gotten tackled where they caught the ball, Dak would have only had about 180 yards on 24 completions. And if you're looking at yards per completion, about 180, we'll call it 190 yards in case my math is off here. But 24 completions, we're looking at eight yards a catch. or at eight yards per completion, and that's if my math is wrong and I need to give him a few extra yards. Uh, Let's say my math is wrong and we have to take away a few extra yards. I was too generous to him. We got 170, so seven yards per catch. Okay, and then now we're also talking about per attempt. Uh, That's a lot of the times what you see on the uh, stat lines, yards per attempt and then also yards per catch because you want to compare those two things. Uh, today we had one drop that was an obvious Pollard drop, a dump pass. It was another dump pass, and Pollard just didn't handle it. I think he looked up and saw the guys coming to tackle him and let go of it. And then we also had that one that would possibly be considered a drop. It was, in my opinion, a throw going behind uh, Michael Gallup. It was thrown away from his momentum, and he had a hard time turning his hips and catching that ball. Was it a drop? Was it a bad throw? whatever. Um, I had five throws that I saw that were greater than five yards that were good throws. five throws that were in stride, that were a solid throw um, to somebody who's not right there on the line of scrimmage to somebody who is not expected to run a lot after he catches the ball because the throw took care of the yardage. And that's kind of where my mind is is that he gets so much credit, for the yards after the catch for his receivers making great catches. Of the 11 passes that were thrown, six had to be adjusted on by the receiver. They were including the first touchdown, including the the, both touchdowns, actually. Uh, He just threw the ball up in the second touchdown, threw it to a spot, and uh, what's his name? C.D. Lamb had to run over there and catch it. He had to make sure he tracked that ball down. Because it was thrown just to a spot, and and okay, let's credit that with Dak a little bit, putting the ball, keeping it in play, keeping it to where it was catchable inside of the boundary, but uh, but still, I mean, he got bailed out by his receiver making that catch. What happens if any defender sees him do that, and now it's a contested catch, and it turns into an interception? because he just threw it up. He just lofted it up there, and there was plenty of time for anybody to run under that ball and catch it. So he got bailed out there because he was in retreat. The, the line what either broke down or whatever, and he was he had pressure in his face. He threw the ball up, and any adjustment by the defense that sees that in the secondary, they go challenge C.D. Lamb, and they potentially make it incomplete or an interception. And so it was. It was. It was a risky play. It was a calculated but risky play. And so he knew where C.D. Lamb should end up, and he threw it over there, and it worked out. Um, to me, I, I think that he gets bailed out significantly more than anybody gives him credit for. And so today, six out of eleven—that's fifty-five percent of his throws. The wide receiver had was it would had to adjust on the throw. It was behind him. Uh, the wide receiver, had it was high, he had to jump and catch the ball or whatever. Now, you might say that that's what the receivers are paid for, but the quarterback is also paid to throw a good ball on a regular basis. More than 50% of the time, he should be throwing a good ball, not just a ball that's in the vicinity, a good, catchable, easily catchable ball, not one that the receiver has to, uh, has to adjust on. Uh, if you're you're also looking at one of those throws was that uh, that throw that was short. It was like a seven yard pass. It was right across the middle. It was to uh, Malik Turner. Um, this was a first and twenty five. I think it was in the third quarter it was right after the interception by Diggs. Um, and so it was whenever uh, Dak was twenty eight two for twenty eight, two hundred seventy three yards. Uh, he threw a, a seven yard pass like at Malik Turner's feet. And Turner had to catch that. I mean, he he came up with a way to catch that ball. And so, yeah, the receiver's job is to catch the ball, but the quarterback's job is to throw a good catchable ball, not just a catchable ball, not just a ball that anybody could, you know, f- hopefully catch. Um, and so, anyways, uh, but today was a good game. Uh, if you're looking at the, if you're looking at the completed throws that were, uh, or excuse me, if you look at the passes that were greater than the, you know, th- four or less yard screen pass, dump pass. We have five of those throws out of 18, which are good throws. That is 28% of his throws that were down the field, more than five yards, were good throws. One out of every four or three out of every ten, approximately, were good throws that the receivers caught in stride. And a lot of times, or maybe they were wide open and he hit them right between the numbers because they were stood perfectly still. Uh, there was the one pass, I think, uh, he had all day on. He had all day, the, the line blocked for him beautifully. He, he leaked out to the left, and he threw, and it may have been that touchdown. But he had all day to throw that ball, and he still threw it behind C.D. Lamb. Uh, and there was plenty of room inside of the boundary there for him to throw it and lead him. Uh, 13 of the 18 passes were either a bad throw or a wide receiver's good catch. That's 72%. Uh, But anyways, we still have (coughs) – excuse me. What we have is a game that's exactly what Denver was saying about Dallas last week. Now Dallas is saying about Atlanta. We have exactly what Dallas was saying about Denver. Now Atlanta is saying that exact same thing about Dallas. And what we have right now is now, okay, the rust is shaking off. But you also have the exact same offensive line. You're telling me that a terrible offensive line last week had one week of practice, and now all of a sudden they were just phenomenal at pass protection and, and uh, allowing, giving us, I don't know, we had 112 yards or something like that, rushing maybe 120. And, and then we also had the screen passes, which require a lineman or two to go down the field and block after the catch. I mean, we now have this offensive line that we had last week, and now all of a sudden they did this crazy good stuff for us. So that's kind of where I'm sitting back like, these people that are like defending Dak last week, oh, his line was brand new. You know, he had a rookie on the left tackle, left tackle. He had a guy who hadn't played in four weeks at right tackle, and now all of a sudden two days of practice and they're just magically that much better. To me, it's not that. Uh, Dak, again, I made the point last week where true leaders they get onto their team whenever they're doing bad, they hold them accountable, and then they praise their team when they're doing great. Again, I saw Dak Prescott today, high fiving everybody after touchdowns, high fiving everybody. But last week he was sitting sulking, all by himself, not doing a thing. And you don't see that with elite quarterbacks. Today was a great game. Let's don't take that. Let's don't take that away from anybody. But it was a one hundred percent. Team win game. You take all those yardages that the that the receivers had, and like, I mean, forty percent or so. Two ninety six. We have a hundred nine hundred and fifteen yards that I calculated after the catch, divided by two ninety six. We got basically forty percent of the yardage that was pass yardage came after the catch. And so the the receivers doing a great job catching the ball, doing a great job running after the catch. The running backs doing what they need to do, getting 40 yards apiece, both Pollard and Elliott, and a couple other runs from Clement. (coughs) We had a a touchdown run, which, again, let's look at that touchdown run from from Dak. He gets stuffed at the the goal line, and the only reason, in my opinion, that he got in is because the big old defensive lineman came and pushed him into the end zone. Like, Atlanta gave Dak a a touchdown because they pushed him in. Uh, But that corner... Or safety, whoever came up and stopped him, stopped him dead in his tracks right before the uh, the goal line, and then uh, the assist for the tackle actually pushed him into the end zone. You, know, you go back and look at it; it's 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 pretty funny, it's pretty humorous how that happened. But we have f- turnover on downs by the defense. We have three interceptions. We have block punt for a, uh, for a touchdown. We have all kinds of stuff that gave Dallas so many extra possessions. It gave us it. it completely decimated the Atlanta Falcons offense and it was an entirely excellent team win I will give credit where it's due it's due to the defense it's due to the running backs it's due to the offensive line it's due to the defensive line it's due to the special teams and it is in part also due to Dak Prescott today was a good team win subjectively I think that Dak had significantly less of an impact than his stats will show because the receivers had that good of a game in my opinion and then also the Cowboys themselves had such an amazing win because the defense shut down Atlanta now it wasn't a good coaching call to go for fourth and seven when they were in field goal range and that could have changed some momentum of the game whether it would have changed the outcome who knows not based on how the Cowboys played but maybe momentum is everything in sports and so maybe that coaching decision crushed the momentum but you have a great team win credit due all the way up and down. You have more play calls where Dak didn't have to check a lot, but guess what, guys? He did. He kept he he. I don't know what the play call was or what the call is. Uh, fire or, or whatever it is that, that changes that changes the play at the line. But you actually heard him audibling at the line and he had several more screen passes, which is where he is productive. And last week I also said he is most effective when he's throwing the ball 30 to 35 times, and today he threw 31 with a 77% completion rate. Uh, He had a good game, but he was also kept in his wheelhouse. Dak Prescott, average quarterback, will get the job done when not everything is put on his back. Until next time, guys, I'm the Average Joe Boo, telling you, pump the brakes.
0: Somewhere over in Dallas, cowboys play, and they pay their QBs too much to come play for us. Oh. Dak, quote, trains, and the dream that he dreamt of, oh, it really did come true. Oh, someday I wish that Jerry Jones realizes he made a big mistake. Hey, cause Dak's not what he thinks, at best average, but really thinks that's what I think of him, oh, somewhere.